This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and I, I must be a radio for me every time I, I'm in Kansas City. And this show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and welcome to our show here, the Sports Psychology Hour here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I am happy to be here, excited to be with you this morning, as I am every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m., along with my producer Rudy Salazar, who works the double shift here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. He got to bed last night. What time? About 1 o'clock, Rudy, last night you got to bed? Yeah, right around that time, maybe a little bit before, but... 1245 to 1-ish. This man is, is is an animal. Look at He's wide awake. He's excited to be here. He's smiling. He's happy. And he will be glad to hear you call in with a call for me this morning. So, Rudy, thanks for being here and helping me out as you do every week. I've been on the radio now for, this is my 26th year. The last 16 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've been a sports psychologist in Kansas City for 37 years. And I love doing this show with you because even though it's early on Sunday, and believe it or not, it's December 17th and it's raining outside, which is absolutely amazing, not snowing, it's raining. I love coming in here every week and talking with you about sports psychology, about the mental side of sports. Because we delve into all kinds of things on this show. This past week I ran into a couple people, two different nights at dinner, who while I was sitting talking with the uh, bartender, two different restaurants, both nights, consecutive nights, the fellow next to me said, are you Dr. Jacobs? I listen to your show. And I want to thank everybody who does listen because it is early. It is Sunday morning. A lot of people like to sleep in. I ask a lot of people, do you listen? I say, heck no, I'm in bed. I'm asleep. I'm not listening to you at this hour of the morning. But a lot of people do. So first of all, because it is the holiday season, Christmas and New Year's will be coming up in the next week. It's Hanukkah now. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday. I hope everyone gets to spend time with their family. I know I will be with both of my sons. My youngest son, Gregor, will be coming home this week, and we'll be together for a couple weeks, and I'm really excited to spend time with him and his dog, his dog, Ruby, who comes with him everywhere he goes. So it's a time to be with family. It's a time to enjoy life, to get things in perspective. And I thought today we'd talk about a couple things. First of all, last night, at the Chiefs game, I've been going to Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. My father took me to the very first game at Municipal Stadium back in 1963 when the Chiefs played the Buffalo Bills. I've got the program for that game as I keep things, and I, I have ticket stubs from that year. Been going to Chiefs games since since that, forever. Our families had the same seats at Arrowhead since the stadium opened. And last night I got to experience something I've never seen. Two rows behind me, a gentleman that's been there forever, was named the Fan of the Year. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. He's been there as long as I have. He got two free tickets to the Super Bowl. And that was about as exciting as the game. To see somebody who's been a Chiefs fan like me forever get a reward 
just out of the blue. I mean, it's all of a sudden these security people came down, the chief's personnel came down, and they're like talking to him, and all of a sudden it's like they hold up these two giant cardboard uh, replica tickets at the Super Bowl. It was one of the coolest things I've seen in all the years I've been going to Chiefs games, and I've been going since the first game they ever played. And what a game that was last night. If you were there, it was that fun. That was exciting. This team, and this is this is the thing that I want to get into today. I want to talk about perspective. I want to talk about a variety of things. You know, the teams, the Chiefs started the year 5-0. and Everybody's talking about it's the Super Bowl. This is the best team in the league. Nobody can beat them. Then they go 1-6. and Then everyone's talking about, oh, see, they're not that good. It's a sham. Andy Reid doesn't know what he's doing. The offense is terrible. The defense is terrible, whatever. And I'm watching this, and, and, and this is not talking from a fan's perspective. This is talking from where I work. I don't know Andy Reid. I've never met him. Everything I know about him from people who do know him is said he is a, as quality a human being as you can have, an even-keeled guy, a true coach. He stays the same. You know, this team a couple years ago was 1-5. They ended up 11-5. And so I think he keeps things in perspective. Let's face it. He has a son who died. And if you're a parent and you've lost a child, it definitely puts things in perspective. Fortunately, that hasn't happened for most of us. But for those of us that that does happen to, I think it puts things in perspective. And I would, I would venture to say that probably has something to do with the way he carries himself, the, his personality. From the players who I have talked to, who have been coached by him, they've all the people who've been around him have all said he is an even keel guy. He's he's a motivating guy. He's a positive guy. You know, if you screw up and you make mistakes, he will talk to you about it, but he doesn't degrade you. He doesn't insult you. And this team, the last two weeks, since I was on the air last Sunday, they beat the Raiders last Sunday and then the Chargers last night. You know, now they've got everything in their hands as far as making the playoffs. You know, a week ago before the Raiders game, people were saying, well, they're done. Well, I think you have to put things in perspective here. It's one game at a time. It's one play at a time, or one quarter at a time, one play at a time. And it's about the people who are there. And as the game's going on last night, my son, who went to KU and is a giant, giant KU basketball fan, was talking about watching on his phone how KU was struggling against Nebraska. KU won by one point. They would have lost three games in a row had they lost last night. But they didn't lose. They won. And people are saying, when did they lose three in a row? Rudy said it's been about 2011, 2012. Well, they're kids. They're not going to win every time. Just because Bill Self may be the best basketball coach other than John Wooden, who ever walked the earth, doesn't mean they're going to win every game. Sports is a part of life. And it's, it's a venue, it's, a, it's an area where we learn so much about ourselves. But I also think it's about perspective. And being that it's the holiday season, I thought we could get into this today. Sort of an existential topic in a sense. But what does sports do for you as a participant, as a fan, as a parent, as a coach, as an observer? I want to know how sports affects your life. How does it help you? How does it affect you in a negative way do you get so tied up in your team in your event that your life is on a roller coaster ride or do you look at sports 
as a fan, and let's look at it from different perspectives here, as a fan, as entertainment, do you look at it as an area that you tie your self-worth and self-identity to? How does sports affect your life as a fan? As a participant, what does it do? Our number is 913-388-1010. I'd like to hear from you. As a participant, as an athlete, as a coach, as an official, maybe you sell sports merchandise. Maybe you work at Sports Radio 810 WHB, as I do. How does sports affect your life? Is it your life? Does it become your life? What role does sports play in what you do? 913-3810-810 is our number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I thought this would be a good topic. It's the holidays. It's a great time of year to put things in perspective. Obviously, as a sports psychologist, sports is part of my life. It's what I do. It's what I get into. And I thoroughly enjoy doing this show with you each week because we get to, I get to talk with you. I get to talk about these topics. And till the day, the, 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 the day I die, sports will be a major part of my life. It's been part of my life since, since I can remember, and it always will be. I love sports. I love playing. I love participating. I love the thrill of what you get out of it emotionally. I don't like the feeling when I screw up or lose, but I learn from that and I grow from that. All right, 913-3810-810 is the number. I'd like to hear from you. What role does sports play in your life? How does it help you? How does it hurt you? What's your perspective on sports? Let's talk to Crush, our first caller this morning. Crush, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thank you. You're up. Um, You're awake early this morning. Absolutely. You know, Doc, actually, I, I, uh, this is this type of show, I can, I can say this, but um, I'm doing a little bit of reflecting this morning, which is always good, right? And uh, I'm not exactly sure where I would be at or who I would be without sports. And um, I'm very thankful. I, I, I thank God for uh, sports. And, you know, you were talking about KU. I have no love for KU, but, man, I, I really like Bill Self. And uh, what a tremendous coach he is. And, uh, you know, um, jumping around, like I said, but, Talking about Andy Reid a little bit, and I want to say this and, and get your thoughts. Um, I tell the, like the college guys, you, you don't talk to kids this way, but, but I tell the college guys, I, I want to be a player's coach. I, I really do. But the player has to allow you to be a player's coach. The, the players have to allow you to be a player's coach. And if they don't allow that, then I'm going to be a fill-in-the-blank with cuss words. And I've got some of that in me. So I want to be a player's coach, and, and people are deserving of that. But doggone it, I mean, if, if they don't take care of business, somebody has to, right? Well, okay, as you're talking, Crush, here's what's popping in my mind. And if you, I know you listen to the show. Um, I, I share my opinions as a, as a psychologist, and, you know, I— analyze things, I interpret things. And what's popping in my mind as you're talking is the word respect. Okay? If a coach has the respect of his players, of his staff, win or lose, there's a good relationship there. Now, of course, Absolutely. you play sports, we play sports to compete, number one. 
you're going to probably say you play to win. But I say we play to compete. Okay? Because you know what? If you play a game, someone is going to win and someone's going to lose in terms of the score, but you can all be winners in terms of what you learn about yourself. And I believe, I've been doing what I do now, Crush, for 37 years. I'm going to be 63 years old in 11 days. And I've been fortunate enough to have been Olympic team psychologist in 1984 at the cycling team when we won nine medals. We hadn't won any in 72 years. I've been the royal psychologist. I was KU's first sports psychologist. I've been doing this for, for 27 years. I've gotten, I've had the, 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 the opportunity to talk to great people, okay? Not just athletes, but people. And here's the thing that I've learned, Crush. It, it, it's about what you learn about yourself. Yes, you, you love sports. Sports is part of your life. You don't know what you do without it. You just said that. But you know what? If it wasn't there, you'd find something else. You'd find something else. Now, what has sports taught you about life? Let me ask you that question. I know you call this station a lot, not just my show, but other shows. What has sports taught you about life? Well, one thing that it's taught me about life is that uh, there is no such thing as racism or sexism or any other isms. That's the great thing about sports. Uh, as I've gotten older... Um, may, I, may I say something? I, I think that is a tremendous, tremendous statement because you're 100% correct. Go on. You know, as I've gotten older, um, winning matters. But it, it, it it's funny, and, uh, you know, I don't want to really say this, but it's true. It, it doesn't matter quite as much as it did when I was younger. Because even when I was talking about being a player's coach, like, it, it's not a, it's really not about winning. It's about how you represent yourself. Like, if you go out here and embarrass me, and this program, I'm going to embarrass you. And time out, time, time, time out, time out, time out, time out. Let me stop you there. Why do you have, if someone does, if you're embarrassed or the program's, why do you have to go back at them? Instead of, instead of teaching them, this, this, this is a question. Why well, do you have I to go back and embarrass them instead of teach them? Let's talk well, about what you did you wrong. Know, true somebody gave me the job <laughs> you know i mean this this is my job and i'm not saying the the word embarrassed is a strong statement but um you know if we are talking about the minor percentage of student athletes that somehow don't want to be a part of something bigger than themselves okay and so i and not to, not really to like flood this, but every now and then you run across somebody that don't realize that they are a part of something bigger than themselves, and sometimes it, it does take some embarrassment. Well, you know, listen, we all make mistakes, we all screw up. No one's perfect, and in the course of competition, it brings out all kinds of different characteristics of what we do. Let's take Marcus Peters for a moment. He got suspended last week by the Chiefs, and rightfully so. He, he did some things he shouldn't have done. Came back last night and played well. Played extremely well, obviously. Two interceptions and a, you know, a, a stripped ball. Is that why he played well? No. From what I, I don't know, Marcus. I, I actually did. I, I met him at the airport. I want to tell you, last year after the Chiefs beat the Raiders, I was flying out to uh, Los Angeles to, to visit my, my girlfriend at the time. And Marcus Peters was sitting at my gate. 
And it was the day after that we played the Raiders on a Thursday night game, I believe. He was there with a couple little kids. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to introduce myself. So I went up and said, hi, Mr. Peters, great game last night. He couldn't have been any nicer, friendlier, personable, respectful. I said, I'd like to show you a picture. And he looked at me really. I said, yeah, it's a picture of me at Super Bowl One." And his eyes lit up, and I showed him the picture on my phone. And he said, sir, how old were you then? I said, I was, I was uh, 13 or 12, actually 12. And he said, well, I'd like to go back there so you can go again. He could not have been any nicer, more friendly and respectful, okay? So I think people have both sides. You know, a lot of people have been very critical of him this week. But the guy's an emotional guy. Obviously, he's got to learn self-control better. That doesn't mean he's a bad person. You don't see him doing stupid no. stuff off the field. No. But I've heard people say, you know, get rid of him, he's a jerk. Whatever. No, the guy's emotional. Crush, you're emotional, aren't you? You've got you've, – you've, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we're talking about Marcus Peters, um, you know, there has to be somebody that coaches him up. And it has nothing to do with what kind of, – I mean, he, he was uh, eliminated from his college team. He's now been suspended from his NFL team. Okay. And so um, he's got some stuff he needs to work on from where absolutely. I come from, from where I come from. And that doesn't mean he isn't a wonderful human being. It means no, he's got to learn some self-control. About, coach, like that we're really not talking. I, I heard uh, something on the Border Patrol this week when, when people are extolling the virtues of Marcus Peters. That's not what we're talking about, though. Like he's a football player on the football team. That We would not know him. If that wasn't the case. That's right. So, you wouldn't know him. But that doesn't mean he's a bad person. That doesn't mean no, he's a good person. It no. means he's a football player. But here's the thing. I think when, you know, he was suspended this week, and rightfully so, because he, he misbehaved on the field. Now, when a professional athlete misbehaves, everybody sees it. And today versus 10 years ago, Crush, everybody sees it because it's on social media 10 seconds later. Right, so I think right. that's where you have to – this is where I feel – the mentality of what we do. Do you think that Coach Reed is a little soft on the players sometimes? No, no, no. I okay. don't believe that at all. I've, I've talked to some players, and they've told me he is a straightforward guy. I mean, I haven't met him. I don't know him. But I will tell you this. What I have heard is that he is a coach's coach. Okay? He gets life. He lost a son. I think he gets it. True. His record speaks for itself. Yeah. Would you love to see him win a Super Bowl for him? Yeah. Okay, right. but you know what? So when you get to the Super Bowl, one team's going to win and one team's going to lose. That's right. And and, and, and you know, I'm and, and I know you're, you're you've got other people, but uh, the the crazy thing about football and and sports is, um, I would not, I can't think of somebody else I would rather have than Andy Reid. I, I I mean, really, like you want to trade just some some you know John Doe or something? So I love Coach Reid. I'm glad he's our coach. I think you know you know how it is. We just we just micromanage a little bit as fans. But well, but the he, thing is, the th work, buddy. right? The thing is this. Listen, today's show is about perspective. I want to thank Crush for calling in. That frees up our lines here at nine one three three eight ten eight ten. What role does sports play in your life? That's what I'm basically talking about. The perspective of sports. I'd like to hear from that, that. Crush, thank you for calling in. That was an awesome, awesome conversation. So I would like to find out from you as a fan, as a sports fan. What role does sports play for you? It's the holiday season. It's a time of giving, a time of reflecting, a time of sharing. You know, we're getting in football, obviously, the playoff time. The Chiefs, 
the Chiefs season's been very interesting from a psychological perspective. You know, they start off 5-0, and then they go 1-6. and Now, two must-win games. They've totally dominated their opponents, division rivals, and now all they have to do is one of the la- win one of the last two games and they'll have the, the uh, playoff spot wrapped up. What role does sports play in your life? How do you make sports part of Is sports a big part of your life? If you listen to this show, it probably is. But how important is it and how important should it be? Our number is 913-3810-810. What role does sports play for you as a fan? How does it affect your life positively or negatively as a participant, as, a, as an athlete, as a coach, as a referee, as someone who's involved in the sports industry? What role does it play for you? I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. We've got a wide-open phone board. I'd like to hear from you and get your thoughts. Our number is 913-3810-810, and we're on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I love that song. That is that is the best song for the holidays. I love White Christmas and Frosty the Snowman, but Adam Sandler and Hanukkah, that's, that's the best. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I've been here for 16 years, as you know. Been on the radio for 26 years. One of the longest standing hosts in town most people don't know about because I'm on early on Sunday. I love doing this show every week because we talk about sports psychology, but we talk about life. We talk about the mindset. You know, you can't measure mental things. You can measure physical things. You can measure how high you jump or how fast you run or how many games you win, but you cannot measure how confident you are. You can evaluate it, but you can't measure it. You can talk about it, but you can't quantify it. So we get into this show, and I try to talk with you about these different things, and it, it's it's a philosophical show in one sense, but it's, it's also a perspective show. And today we're talking about perspective, sports perspective, the role sports play in your life. It's the holiday season. It's Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's are coming up. Kwanzaa is here. It, all these holidays, it's about family. It's about life. It's about, and I think it, it, it does a lot of reflection. So today's show is about perspective. We've, had, we've got several people online. We're going to go first to Cindy, our female caller, and then we'll go to Joe and Larry. And I want to hear from you at 913-3810-810. What role does sports play in your life as a fan, as a participant, as a coach, as an athlete? What does it do for you, positively or negatively? So let's go first to Cindy, because she is the female caller. Cindy, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dr. Jacobs. How are you? Great. Thank you for calling in. I just woke up, and... Well, that's I just, good. <laughs> I just, I had to call in, because... I love this topic. I, I love that you make us think about stuff like this. Um, and pardon my voice if it sounds like I have nothing to talk with. I was at the Sprint Center last night um, cheering on my Nebraska Cornhuskers who won the national championship in volleyball last night. Well, that's right. Congratulations. I, you know, being a Chiefs fan, I totally put that out of my, my thought process. But you're right. That was going on last night. So congratulations. Do you have a tie to the, to the school? I, yes, I, I was born and raised in Nebraska, and I'm a graduate of the university. So um, it plays a big role in my life, uh, whether that's 
a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure, but that's how I was raised. My parents were sports fans. My parents were fans of the University of Nebraska sports programs, and that's just how I grew up. Um, I often say, and people laugh, that whenever you're from Nebraska, that's a birthright. And people always laugh when I say that, but it's really true. And, you know, it's funny you should be talking about this this morning because when I was standing down at the Sprint Center last night, I was thinking about this very thing because, of course, Nebraska's had a very, um, been very active in the sports news just of late um, with all the changes that have been going on uh, with some of the sports programs and um, changes in staffing and that type of thing. And, um, you know, whether it should or not, um, that does make, it makes a, I don't know that I want to say it makes a huge difference in my life. I don't know that I eat it, leave it, and breathe it like some people do. But it is important, uh, whether it should be or not, I'm sure. But why? Well, tell, us why, tell us why it is important, Cindy. Tell us why it is? Yes, for you. Why is sports important? Why is sports important? Um... Well, for one thing, I think, taking in context last night, I think women's sports are starting to, to take a bigger role. And I'm glad of that. People are paying more attention to women's sports now, and that's high time in coming. Um, people that go out for college sports spend a lot of time honing their craft. Um, they spend a lot of time practicing. Um, and I think that they deserve some recognition for that. Um, I watched some really high-level athletes last night, and I'm thrilled for them because I know how, how much hard work they've put into it and how much that's been their whole entire life. Um, and, and, and if I can to jump in here, you know, sure. I, I was, uh, as you're talking, and, and whenever a caller calls in and talks about something, brings up different things in my mind. And I was KU's first sports psychologist. I started in 19, December of 1981. And Bob Timmons, God rest his soul, who's now passed on, hired me along with Carla Coffey, the two-track coaches, took a chance to hire me. My first job working in sports psychology at $5 a day, one day a week. And I got to, to meet some incredible people who, to this day, I am still in touch with about a, a half dozen or a dozen of those athletes. And I made relationships with these guys and young women who were wonderful people. And what I learned that year, more than anything else, was something about one of our assistant coaches, his name is Steve Kiefer, one of the, the best people I've ever met in my life. Steve Kiefer was on the recruiting trail all week long. He's got, I think Steve has five or seven kids, I can't remember now, but it, one of the best people I've ever met. He would go on the road recruiting all week, come back and coach during the weekends. He'd be driving his car all over the country to get kids to come to KU. And he wasn't making any money, but he loved what he did. And, he, and, and I would talk with him. I said, why do you, you're, you're, you're gone all the time. He goes, Doc, it's what I do. I love what I do. He loved what he did. He wasn't making a lot of money, but he loved it. And I think that's, 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 that's sort of what you're, it, it's the love of, of, of the sport, of the environment, of what it is, right? And you love your school because it's your school, but you, you love the, the whole aspect of it is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's really hard to explain to people, so I'm glad that you get it because it's just something that's ingrained in me, so it's really kind of hard to explain it to other people. But it's interesting you should mention that about being a sports psychologist because I know that John Cook, 
who is the coach of the women's volleyball team, uses a sports psychologist. And that's why I really enjoy listening to your show, because a lot of the things that you talk about when he has his call-in program, he talks about a lot of those things that you talk about, and especially the thing about confidence. Well, so you, I'm glad thank that you, you talk about that. And yeah, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame, Cindy, to be honest with you, that, that a lot of people don't use people like me because of their egos and all kinds of excuses. I, I've had so many people say they won't, won't hire me or, or, or someone like me because they're threatened, they don't get it, they're, you know, it's about their egos. But I'm glad they use someone. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to you. And thank you so much for call, getting up and calling this morning. And you have a great holiday. I've got some thank other people you, online here I want to get to. You take care. Okay, bye-bye. Let's go next. We'll go to Joe, then we'll go to Larry. Joe, good morning, sir. Thanks for holding on. How are you? I'm great. Thank you uh, for being there. Um, I happen to be a mental health therapist, and so it's more fun to get to listen to you on these Sunday mornings. But oh, well, thank I you. Uh, came about, uh, I think, uh, where I'm at because of sports. Uh, as a young man, I was uh, raised in orphanages and a lot of complicated family situations. And the first football game I ever saw was the Miami Dolphins getting stomped by the Dallas Cowboys in a Super Bowl. And I fell in love with the Dolphins simply because they were so humiliated. Hold on and, now, hold on now, Joe. Does that mean next Sunday you're going to be rooting for the Dolphins? Well, you know, I hate it when the Chiefs play the Dolphins because they're my two favorite teams. You can't do and you can't do that, Joe. Come on I, now. I know, you it's live unfair, here. It's an unfair thing for me, and especially since I like to go to the games and uh, so I but most likely I'll wear my uh, Dolphin uniform and and get assaulted uh, mentally and <laughs> enjoy it. But uh, well, I'm going to have a bet cuz uh to, several of my cousins live in Miami, and I'll be getting a phone call this week about a bet for barbecue or lobster. Mm, and I know wow. I'll be—I know I'll be eating lobster after next Sunday. I don't know. I think it's going to be a great, great game. I really do. But I—I uh, uh, I followed the Dolphins in the early years, and you know they had great uh, series of years after that. And it was the only positive going on in my life. And what it taught me, though, uh, I wanted to play football. So I began to work out, but I was a small guy. I never got to start, but I had coaches that would encourage me because of my work ethics and stuff. And I didn't realize the work ethics that I gained during those years would teach me things about life, even though I never got to start on the team, always played on the JV and things like that. I, I learned so many things about discipline and about not quitting and about believing in myself and you know they just carried on through life and now i get to watch sports and just enjoy them knowing uh jim crash jensen was a dolphin player who inspired me a great deal he he wasn't really a great player i mean a lot of people wouldn't even know who he is but he played he was a punter he was a tight end he was a running back he was a wide out. He even played quarterback on a couple of series. And he was a guy that when they needed a first down could get it. And I pictured myself after watching him as, you know, I wasn't the greatest guy at this or that on earth, but I could be a great team player. And it was very inspiring. It really encouraged me to think that way and to be my best and to offer my best and yet be willing not to necessarily be the star. And uh, I admire these guys that go out every day in the off season and work out 
we don't see all that goes on behind the scenes that they do and we just see them on Sundays producing and we judge them or we you know praise them but uh, I admire the work that they've done to get there to try to stay there and for while it lasts and so just so many ways it's been so helpful to me well listen I want to thank you for calling in and sharing that with us and uh Whoever wins next weekend, enjoy the game. It'll be fun. And uh, I'm glad that you work in the mental health profession. We all need competent people who understand things. So, so Joe, thank you for calling in this morning, and have a great holiday. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. You take care. All right, let's go next to Larry, who's been waiting very patiently. Good morning, Larry. How are you doing? Uh, good, Dr. Gibson. Uh, good subject. Uh, what sports has meant to me is family. Uh, my dad was a little league coach all through uh, from the time I started until they grew. I was a great player, but I was all right. And then through high school, I was a captain of the basketball team. focus of mine was sports. Yeah, Larry, can you talk up a little bit? We can't hear you. Uh, yeah, a, that's better. There you go. All right. And then I went to KU for a year and got to watch the Valley's close-up. And later on, uh, sitting with the family and watching the 2008 championship game and mom and dad and my son. And took my son up to watch that Oklahoma game, that three-overtime game, probably the best game at Alice Fieldhouse. So it's just been a quality time with family. Uh, it's been a lot So it's just giving you the opportunity to experience life with your family and share things and, and be able to see what things are about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, sir, are you going to spend time with your family over the holidays? Oh, you bet. We're well, yeah, and then we're uh, looking at which games we want to go to this year at Allen Field. I'll try to go to two or three games here, and, and that atmosphere is just so exciting that I'm not really don't like to go to the Chiefs games. I just soon watch them on TV, but I really like going to the KU games. Well, listen, have a great holiday. Thank you for sh- for calling in and sharing that, and enjoy your family because that's really what it's all about. Thank you. Okay, have a great day. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Our topic this morning is the, is the role of perspective that sports plays in your life. We've had some incredible calls this morning and stories people have shared. And I want to hear from you. We've got a lot of time left to be be with you this morning. I want to find out from you what what role does sports play in your life? What how much of a perspective does it give you about winning, losing, success, failure, self confidence? You know, as I mentioned, we we talk about the Chiefs winning last night and Cindy called in about the Nebraska Cornhuskers women's volleyball team would beat Florida to win the NCAA championship, and it's, I believe, their fifth NCAA championship, if I'm correct, in women's volleyball. And, you know, those are teams that won. But do you have to win? Do you have to win to be happy? Can you compete and be happy? Can the experience give you a perspective about life? 913-3810-810 is the number. You know, like I shared at the beginning of the show, I've been going to Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. I went to Super Bowl one. I've experienced a lot of things. I've worked with, gosh, probably 20 Chiefs players privately over the years. I've gotten to know a lot of them quite well. And 
I've talked to them about a lot of different things. I've, I got to know Hank Stram. My father actually was Hank Stram's doctor. And I got to meet him uh, several times. In fact, on my first show, I interviewed Hank, and I found the tape of that interview the other day. Listen to it. Uh, just a wonderful man, a passionate man. And I, I've been fortunate enough working in 37 years as a sports psychologist, work with the Royals, work with the Olympic team, with KU, with all these different athletes. I've gotten to meet some great people. I've gotten to meet some people who aren't so great. I've gotten to meet people whose egos are bigger than the perspective that they should have on it, in my opinion. I've gotten to meet people who would do anything for you because they're just good people. And I think sports brings all these things out in us, but it also teaches us about who we are and what we're about. Okay, our number is 913-3810810. What role does sports play for you? As a fan, as a participant, as a coach, as an athlete, as an official? I'd like to hear from an official or referee, an umpire. What, what does it teach you about people? Because if you do that for a profession, there's a lot of ugliness out there with what you do. You know, if you do what you're supposed to do, nobody knows you're there. But if somebody thinks you've made a mistake, boy, you're the worst person on the face of the earth. 913 is the number. Let's see what Mike has to say. Mike, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling in. <clears throat> yeah, sports, um, it's pretty much pretty much my entire livelihood. Um, I can remember when I was a kid, uh, my first memories, the uh, 85 Royals, Daryl Motley catching the last out of the World Series and and Brett Saberhagen jumping into George Brett's arm. I was a seven-year-old kid and made me a Royals fan for life and uh, uh, started going through high school playing sports. wasn't very good, but I played and um, went to college and started getting into sports memorabilia and baseball cards and stuff like that. And I ended up dropping out of college, and, and uh, I'm going into my 22nd year of being a sports card dealer full-time, so... I've made my made my livelihood on sports. It's about it takes about every second of every day of my life. Uh, people wanting to talk to me about it. People wanting to to uh, wonder my opinion on stuff, and I actually make my living. Um, I get to go on uh, sports radio eight ten. I need to get to listen to the radio and and uh, make decisions based on what I hear on that about oh Marcus Peters. Um, whether it's a good time to buy or sell his memorabilia, or uh, if the Chiefs are winning, then my sales are better. If the Royals are winning, my sales are better. And um, it's just a, it's so it's your livelihood. Much every second of every day of my life, it's your livelihood. It's 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 about yeah. who you are. So sports, at, at, and and I remember Game Seven of the World Series because I was right behind the dugout, and, and my buddy Jeff Winslow and I were dancing on the on the Royals dugout after that game. And uh, lo and behold, four years later, I was their team psychologist. And, and you know, um, it does give us so much. I think the excitement we get when a team succeeds and wins and accomplishes goals, and obviously it's influenced your life. It's, it's, it's about what you do. Um, but how does it affect you personally, Mike? Let, let me ask this question. I mean, it's, I understand what you're saying. It's your livelihood. It's your business mm -hmm. now. But, but how does it affect you personally? Do you think sometimes maybe you get too caught up in it to the point that maybe it takes away from from maybe like you said it's who you are but does it take away from who you are because it's so much about what you're about yeah definitely definitely 100 percent. because um yeah i become jaded at some points where um you know if, if somebody that i have 
uh, inventory of has a great game. I think more of dollar signs than in, in the enjoyment of it. But um, I can tell you that the the run the Royals had in 2014 and 2015 definitely uh, brought it back to perspective for me. I became that that little kid again. You know, that seven or eight year old kid that was watching the Royals for the first time and fell in love with it. And um, I coached my nephew's baseball team and and um, in showing those kids how to how to play the game the right way and how to, uh, you know, watching them improve by something that I tell them what to do. Um, um, it, it all brought it back the last couple of years for sure. And uh, it, it affects me. It, it affects me deeply. I mean, I'm, I, I yell at the, I yell at the TV and my, you know, my wife will say, Oh, they can't hear you. Why are you yelling at the TV? I was like, that's not the point, you know, um, it, it, it affects me deeply. And, and, uh, you know, you get to talk to your friends about it and you get, every, since they, people know what I do, they come up to me and ask my opinion, like my opinion matters more than theirs does because I make a living on this. But that's the great thing about sports is that nobody's opinion really matters more than the other guy unless you have your hand in it, you know? Well, so. you know, you can tie your identity into this. I know back in the, in the late 1970s, uh, well, let me, let me just share a story with you, Mike, my, my great uncle, Hearst Jacobs died February 13, 1970. When he died, he was the winningest trainer in the history of horse racing. He'd won 3,596 races. And uh, he was a role model for me. I know because we moved here from New York when I was four, and we'd go back to the East Coast a couple times a year to New York and Miami, and we'd always be with my relatives. And my Uncle Hirsch, I loved him, and, and his wife, Ann Ethel, and his, his three kids, who are my cousins, who I'm very close to, and he died, and he had never won a triple crown race. But mm-hmm. he, had, he, he got very much involved in, in breeding, and he bred two of his great horses, Hail to Reason and Affectionately, and they had a foal in 1967 named Personality. In 1970, Personality became three. That was his dream horse, and he died in February. And Personality ran in the Kentucky Derby and finished seventh. But then Personality won the Preakness. The first time my, my relatives ever won a Triple Crown race, then Personality got sick, and their other horse, High Echelon, won the Belmont. Eight years later, in 1978, my, their daughter, my Uncle Hirsch's daughter, Patrice, my cousin Patrice, is married to a guy named Lou Wolfson, and her horse, Affirmed, won the Triple Crown. And I've been involved in all kinds of things working as a sports psychologist, but I got to see Affirmed race six times. And... He won the Triple Crown. It was in, in all three races. A horse named Aladar finished second. It was this incredible rivalry. Their jockey, Steve Cawthon, was 17 years old from Kentucky. He was named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. It was one of the huge stories in, in, in the 70s. And I got to experience that. And I got to see the excitement that this brought so many people. And you know what? It was about horses running around a track. Right. It was about horses running around a track. But what? It, right. But it, it it taught me so much about life, seeing all these things, and I think why I do what I do. And I recently put have an album I put together of newspaper articles about my my family, uh, because my uncle Hirsch's grandson, who's now thirty one, came here to visit uh, earlier this year, and I had the album stored away, and I I pulled it out, and Jay and I went through it, and I redid it, and. My uncle had, there was, a, there was an article after he died about how he was the psychologist of horses. Because he, he claimed in the, in the 1930s, he claimed a horse named Stymie for $1,500. This is the 1930s. When Stymie retired in the 1940s, he'd won over $918,000. And 
my uncle was able to to it, it talked about how he got into their personalities and i think that's what i enjoy doing with what i do here because right. i try to get into people's personalities and listen we all mike we all want our our teams whoever our team is to win okay but right. but to me it's about yeah it's disappointing if the chiefs had lost last night i'd be disappointed but not like they, they didn't try. I mean, if you're a Charger fan, which there aren't as many now as there used to be since they moved to L.A., there are a lot of disappointed people for them last night. It wasn't like they didn't try. Chiefs outplayed them. Yeah. All right. Some some t- One team's going to come out on top. One team isn't when two teams are playing. One athlete's going to win. One's going to lose. But do you, you know, you lost the competition, but did you lose who you are? I don't know Is if you it? saw. Did you see, Mike, the video last night of Tom Bahali? working with Joey Bosa after the game, showing him some moves? No, I didn't see that, but I did like the uh, – Eric Berry was talking to Marcus Peters. Eric Berry was injured, but he's still on the sideline, so I understand what you're talking about there. Yeah, it's, a, it's about it's – about, they showed after – I mean, after the game, they showed Tom Bahali and Joey Bosa. He was showing him some moves, you know, right. showing him some things. It's all over social media now. Right. No, and, and I heard some people criticizing Tom Bahali for doing – no. No. Okay, the game's over. They're people. He's trying to help the guy. Yeah. Okay, it's about life. Mike, listen, You, thank you for calling in, sir. I appreciate it very much. You have a great holiday. No and, uh, you know, give give Rudy your phone number. Hold on, let Rudy get okay. your phone number, because I'd like to talk to you about some of my sports memories. I've got All a right. lot of it. Sounds good. Okay, have a great day. Thanks. Have a good show. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I hope you enjoy our show. I try to come up with topics each week, and Rudy will get Mike's phone number. And... I try to come up with topics each week that will be of interest. I think today's topic was a good one. And I'd like to hear from you. If you have topics you'd like me to talk about, if there's something you'd like me to share, you can get a hold of me several ways. My office is on the plaza. It's 816-561-5556. Most athletes love my offices right above Victoria's Secret. Great place. Easy way to find me. 816-561-5556. You can get a hold of me via email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. That's my website, winnersunlimited.com. Send me a message there. You can follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8. The reason I love doing this show is why we did the show today. The calls we had, I want to thank everybody for calling in. Have a great holiday season. Enjoy your families. Enjoy being together. Enjoy your friends. Be safe. And I'll talk to you next Sunday on Christmas Eve on the best show on radio on Sunday mornings, the Sports Psychology Hour here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great week.